Welcome to the podcast of the Urban Mystic. My name is Tim and I'll be the host on this channel. It's probably, take, probably taken me far too long to get around to producing a podcast like this. And uh, I want to start off with a few caveats. First, the, this is not a professionally produced podcast and I'm not working from a script. When I do, I sound like a robot and it makes me want to kick myself in the head. And I imagine that if I want to do that, you'd probably want to do that too. So instead of doing that, I um, I have a, a loose idea of what I want to say and what I want to explore. And uh, I'm just going to ad-lib it and see the way it goes. So some of it, uh, so just a few caveats to begin with. Some of these uh, episodes, some of these episodes are going to be monologues like this with me, myself and I rambling off on my own on a topic. Others are going to include a conversation partner and be conversations with other people. And uh, that will be something slightly different, um, but also along the lines of, uh, of what this podcast is about. In either case, it is my intention to make these podcasts something that's well worth you spending your time with me. I don't, uh, you know, I want to make it worthwhile for you to spend your time with me when listening to it. The subject I'm going to focus on is that of religion, spirituality, and mysticism. I see them as uh, as interconnected um, and inseparable in some ways. Um, and yet, uh, what we're going to do here is delve into that and unbundle it. This is a topic that I'm, I'm 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 interested in, and it's a topic that I spend a lot of time with. And in fact, I spend most of my days having conversations with people around around us and about their experiences and their lack of experiences. Some of it is just uh, unbundling their past experiences and others is moving forward. So Magalia is not a convert people to any particular religion. In fact, if I had my way, I'd just make mystics out of everyone. But the the key thing is, is, is I'm not here trying to set up any form of uh, teacher-student situation. This is not a podcast where I'm going to be teaching or lecturing. It's a podcast where I'm, I'm actually exploring and uh, delving into the topic a bit. So I'm not looking to create any kind of situation where there is some form of teacher-learner dynamic or some form of, of, of leader-disciple or anything like that. Um, I don't believe anyone should be doing that with another person. Instead, I think we all stand as equals before each other and equals before God. And uh, and what we're really doing is 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 contributing to each other's lives and and meaningfully contributing to each other's lives through what we do and what we bring to each other, and it's the same on any topic that we specialize in and others don't. Um, and the goal at the end of the day is is not to be a subject specialist, but just to be damn good at life and relationships. So, for me, that's that's really what it's all about. So the main goal of this is to have some conversations and explore some topics. And these are themes and conversations that I find myself repeating often with people. These conversations that repeat are themes that I, I think are going to be relevant to most people that I know today. And especially to most people that are wrestling with their subjects, with this as a subject or a topic. Instead of just keeping them to myself and enjoying them on my own, I uh, I want to just open up a bit and do do a, a few sessions that are just um, kind of like summaries and and explorations of of similar themes that I find coming up over and over. And the podcast is just a, an opportunity to open the conversation up to a broader audience than I'm able to meet myself or at least meet one on one by myself.
the real goal of this is to encourage you to think through the subject for yourself. And I'd rather you do it, um, yeah, to encourage people to think through the subject for themselves. Because at the end of the day, we all live our own lives and being at the center of our own lives. We're at the center of all the relationships that we have. And um, and it, it is really our relationships that give us the meaning and the purpose that we have in life and give us the value that we have as people. That really just brings me to a few um, other caveats. And that is that if you are a hyper-religious person, this is probably not going to be the podcast for you. I'm, I'm likely to offend you with some of the ideas and concepts and it's likely to, to upset you. Also, if you are a thoroughly committed atheist and also if you're a thoroughly committed atheist and that is your position what i consider to be a religious position of sorts because it is a a belief it's a it's a position of belief it's a it's a faith stance and a stance on faith if you're a strictly committed atheist as well and you're looking to just uh, argue with religious people this is also not really the podcast with you for me between those two you know, the religious extremist on one hand and the atheist extremist on the other hand, or the religious fundamentalist and the atheist fundamentalist. If you fit into either of those categories, this is not the podcast for you, and that's not really the kind of conversations I want to be delving into. The idea with this is not to fight and argue over a topic as much as explore something that's deeply personal and meaningful to people in a way that is actually relevant and actually helps advance the conversation and helps advance the way we think about it. So I'd like to basically draw an analogy, give a context to what I'm doing here and what I want to be doing here. Uh, you know, it's likely that if you listen to this, you are a city-dwelling person like myself who doesn't uh, spend much time out on game farms and or much time in deserts or, you know, much time boating on the ocean or anything like that, but your days are responsible adult lives consisting of going to work, maintaining a household, raising a family, um, and in general, just, uh, just, just, just trying to make ends meet. And somewhere along the way, there's the, there's the deeper questions of life that actually emerge around who are we really, what is our life about, is there a God, all of that kind of thing. And so, so in trying to find an analogy for this, I, I realized that, that, that for most of us, we live in the same world, but two people standing in exactly the same place will see the world in very different ways. And so you can very much have two people standing next to each other and one person goes, I see there to be a God. And the other person goes, I don't see there to be a God. And for all intents and purposes, those people struggle to communicate and they struggle to communicate for various reasons. But beyond that, even the people that say, I believe that there's a God, they struggle to relate to God and have a meaningful relationship, as in a practical, experiential, face-to-face relationship like the meeting between two persons. And this is the reality that fascinates me, this interplay between God's presence and God's absence, and the interplay between how people go about living their lives and who or what they experience when they speak about God. And so just to return to the idea of an, of an analogy, I recently went um, um, away with some people and as part of that, we got to do some game, game drives. And uh, while sitting on the back of the uh, the vehicle and, and driving around, you know, people would uh, spot animals and we'd, we'd, we'd stop. And in one case, we stopped and we someone had spotted some uh, super bright, loud bird in a tree. Now, as someone sitting on the back of the vehicle, I could hear the bird, I could look at the tree, we could be pointing in the same direction, and I just couldn't see it. And, uh, and although they could see it and it was clear to them where the bird was and where it moved, it took some 
talking through and pointing out and coaching and pointing and you know directing and that for me to be able to see it myself and even then I didn't see it necessarily as clearly as they did because my my perception is different my eyesight is different I spend all my time in a in a in an office in a city-based environment and you know I go out for breaks I don't spend my time out there and people that spend a lot of time out in nature tend to be much better at spotting things because they have an eye that is practiced for that. And I find when it comes to this topic of religion, spirituality, mysticism, that it's the exact same type thing. So in some ways, people can go out and do bird spotting and be very good at it and carry a manual with them or not. <laughs> in either case, they, they have an expectation. They develop an expectation of what they're looking for. They change the, 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 the way they live in the world and the area that they live in. So they move out of the city into a natural habitat in order to do that. And although in some ways they can spot some things in the city and some birds in the city, it's going to be different kinds to what you spot out in the wilds or out on game, game drives. And in a similar sense, I find the notion of religion, spirituality, mysticism, and God spotting to be a similar kind of thing. That for all intents and purposes, we live in quite an artificial, sterile environment in a very st sterile secular world that we've we've made that is dysfunctionally concrete all over the place and quite unnatural and we find it hard to have meaningful relationships with ourselves meaningful relationships with each other a meaningful relationship with um, the world that we're actually in and a meaningful or even a meaningful relationship with God and the reason for that is is because the world that we've created is a uh, is, is an artificial layering of concrete and, and abstracted services and ideas and concepts. And, and our work and our lives are all about these things. And it's, it's a world within the world. It's a world within the cosmos. It's a world that we've created as people. And the way in which we look at the rest of, of reality in the cosmos is through the lens of the world that we've created. And so we've created and defined the world in quite a way and as part of doing that we've driven so much that is potentially available outside of it so in order to cultivate a, um, a mystical life or a spiritual life or a religious life in some way you know for now we're going to use those as correlate words what we actually have to do is is do what we do when we go on a game drive in order to do in order to do that in the sense that what we've got to do is we've got to change the boundaries of our expectations change the boundaries of our behavior and actually go about engaging the world in our lives and our relationships in a slightly different way and as we do that we will hear the call of the wild bird that is God but when we look in that direction we might not be able to see it we might hear the call around us not know which direction we 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 look and so in some ways this as a as a podcast is intended to help um those listeners that are interested in myself get on the same page to look in a similar direction look in a similar way develop a language that works for us and at the same time um go about god spotting together in this way in a mutually beneficial way when thinking about this topic and cheering about it, about it, it's 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 not it's not easy. And those of you that 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 know me um, know that I'm not an easy answer person. I believe that there's an irreducible complexity involved in any subject or topic that's out there. And on this as as a, as a subject, people want to ask tough questions and expect 
highly simplistic answers that are easy to understand. And, and, and this expectation is largely problematic. And why is it problematic? Because in most cases, we're dealing with thousands of years of traditions and ideas that have built up. We're dealing with a transition between worldviews as people, as people's worlds have changed. So too have they developed religious structures. And as they've developed religious structures, their own interior spirituality and orientation has shifted. And as they've done these, there's a, there's a bit of an unbundling and a and a conjunction and disjunction between the reality of what they're talking about when they talk about God or their God concept and 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 what they do when they do religion and their spirituality. And there's a almost an opportunity for a connection with that something more as the transcendent, as their God concept. But there's also so much artificial layering in terms of our society that more often than not, we're stuck with our own inner monkey and we're stuck with our own religious institutions that we spend time with that seek to guide us and tell us what we're supposed to believe and how we're supposed to behave in order to belong. But the reality is that who and what God is lies, lies beyond that and is not cap encapsulated in that. That is a, is a, is a tough concept to, to deal with for people. It's tough for people to understand that the way we look at the world that is so natural to us is often the way we, we've, we've been taught to look at the world. And the difficult thing with this as a subject is religion and spirituality is beginning to unbundle that so that we can get past the filters that we have to see what's actually there. And so in that sense, I believe that language really matters. And in academic fields, research can advance because we use language in strict ways and because we define the problems very clearly. With this as a subject and topic in general between people, we often don't do that. So when someone uses a word like, say, religion, and another person uses a word like spirituality, or a third person uses a word like mysticism, they might be saying the same thing. But equally, if all people pick one of those words and each of them use that one word, they're not necessarily talking about the same thing. And in that sense, the subject becomes quite difficult. But the subject is also difficult when the agenda that's on the table is to convert someone to one particular religious viewpoint, whether it is a religious viewpoint or an atheist viewpoint, and there's no room for anything else out there. And so we've got to get past that. Um, I think that's a another thing that's hugely problematic in, in this as a subject, is that actually we live in a world where there's there's been a 500 year 500 odd year divorce between science and religion that emerged in our Western context, and this and in this divorce, it's it, it's ended up being like science and religion are are divorced parents that don't speak to each other. Both are so committed to each other and their own rightness that that they actually are so obnoxious with that that they don't communicate well to the other, they don't treat the, the other with respect, and they believe that they're the only one that's right, and so foundational to our society and to this as a topic is that as an issue and although we're not going to address it in this podcast alone we will address it at another point another thing is that the the ideas um related to these to this topic the notion of what our experiences what our religious experiences what religion spirituality and mysticism are those as concepts differ over the years so if you were born 600 years ago in a Western context, your understanding of each of those words would be entirely different to someone born 600 years ago in a different context. And even if you were born in the same place, standing on the exact same place on the earth 600 years apart, what you understand by those words will actually be completely different. And for the most part, the way we understand these worlds is actually not that old. And it goes back to the early 1900s 
and within our context it goes back perhaps a little bit further the notion of religion at least to to the 1800s where where people started wrestling with the fact that the world is opening up the world is is, is converging people from different cultures as the world advances and people travel and that kind of stuff um you don't only see things from a singular viewpoint or at least not from a singular at that stage eurocentric viewpoint and they started expanding their language and started taking things seriously and so people started having to ask very real questions about who or what it is people experience when they say they experience god what does the christian experience when they talk about this what is the hindu experience what is the buddhist experience what is the muslim experience what is the jew experience etc etc and so the reality is that that this as a subject has an irreducible complexity to it and we're going to try and deal with that in bite-sized chunks here but i'm really going to have to ask you to to stand with me alongside me as an as an adult having an adult to adult conversation rather than standing in the position of someone who um who believes they know it all and it's a complex subject and and therefore actually let's not speak about it if that is where you stand again this is not the podcast for you, for, for for you this is the podcast of the urban mystic and along those lines it's probably a good opportunity and time for me to define what i understand a mystic to be and especially what i understand an urban mystic to be you know as it's used in general um, one has an idea of a mystic that is something like a like a Jedi Knight <laughs> within Star Wars, or something like the Buddhist monk with a begging bowl floating on a cloud, um, you know, fl- floating while they meditate on a cloud. Or one has in mind someone that is is, is quite uh, deranged and out of touch with, with with life. That's all about spiritual stuff, and uh, not about the material world at all. I, I don't I don't personally have that in mind. For me, a mystic is someone who lives deeply into the reality of life and the mysteries of life and 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 of the transcendent, and who enters deeply into relationship with themselves into relationship with other people, into relationship with the cosmos, and into relationship with God. And uh, and they take each of those relationships quite quite seriously. Now, for me, there's a there's a difference here between how I understand or there's a difference here between what I understand religion to be, what I understand spirituality to be, and what I understand mysticism to be. And so the easiest to start off with is is probably religion. What do we understand religion to be? Well, I think there's been a, a an evolution within human society, a development where we transition from early primal spirituality and mysticism to having established religions and established religious institutions and so when i think of religion i'm thinking primarily of the lens of the public institutions that we have you know the temples the denominations the churches the cathedrals and 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 the whole and all the structures behind that the the people the organization the, the the teachings, the beliefs, the practices, the public services they put on, the staff that they have, the volunteer setups they have, the charitable services they have, etc., etc. All of that we can bundle together in terms of religion. It's the public life, it's the shared institution, beliefs and practices that we have. And in that sense, you know, I'm not I'm not writing it off, but I'm not making it the primary thing. The second thing is, is 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 spirituality. What is spirituality? Well, I think of spirituality as the as the personal sides. It's it's what it's what you and I personally appropriate. What we practice. It's our ethos. It's our individual owned practices. It's what we own for ourselves when we're apart from that institution. 
and when we're apart from those structures in society. If we took all of those away, what I'm left with is, is my own spirituality. It's my, and that's a bundling of of of, a, of my my character, my practices, my my experiences in life, and my and my relationships. Everything is involved there. So there again, spirituality is a is a, is a complex thing, and so in some sense you can't unbundle religion and spirituality but we can recognize that when we talk about it we're talking about people who participate in these public things and contribute to bigger traditions than just themselves and the time they spend on the earth and at the same time that what they they contribute as much as they receive from those traditions and institutions as well and the third thing for me is 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 mysticism and mysticism i see um, and I think other, many others would agree with me, as, as the reality that our religions and our spirituality is pointed to. And in some cases, we, we're looking at the underlying nature of reality in the cosmos. And in other cases, we're looking beyond that to the hand, the face, and the voice of a creator being a creative person that we can enter into relationship with. And uh, and 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 that is very important as a as a as a as a concept, and that's going to be my primary focus. So in my mind, the earlier mystics, we can you can define mystics in various different ways, but but in many cases, it's the it's the cloistered monastic, it's the individual with who withdraws from society and relationships, doesn't get married, takes on a vow of poverty, and spends their time either navel-gazing or nose-gazing and praying and meditating. <laughs> That's not what I have in mind. What I have in mind is someone who lives within an urban context like the world that we're in today and enters deeply into living and loving, who enters deeply into the relationship with themselves, others, the cosmos, and God. And and that, for me, is an, is an urban mystic, and that's what I'm going to be focusing on. And so when I say I'd love to make mystics of us, I'll, of us all. I don't want to make people to become mystics in the abstract. I would love to see us become mystics in our urban context, where our spirituality is not about retreat spirituality or holiday spirituality, in which case, just take a holiday. <laughs> we, where, our where our spirituality is not just about believing and behaving within the context of religion, of, uh, of of having to have faith apart from an experience of a something in order to have it. In fact, I, I see both of those as of lesser value than actually engaging the reality of the who or the what it is that we speak of when we speak of God. Um, and, and and here, the notion of um, of of our relationships, I want to bring to the fore and and here the notion of relationships is like being in that game drive and looking at the tree <laughs> at the trees around us trying to bird spots or you know in our case looking at ourselves and our relationships around us and trying to god spot and the the the, the first concept i want to introduce us to before going into it um in a bit more detail in another podcast is the notion that that we as people can have relationships with many things many different things and those things that we have relationships with um they actually vary so as a as, as people we can have relationships with ideas we can have relationships with causes we can have a relationship with with concrete objects um, and we can have relationship with persons and so in some ways when people say i've got a relationship with god we need to unpack that and for ourselves we've got to to be honest in the sense with we've got to be honest in the sense of of understanding what 
what what exactly is it that we are having a relationship with? When I say I've got a relationship with God, what is it that I'm relating to? Am I relating to the idea of God? Am I relating to God in and through a religious institution alone? Or is there a person or a someone that becomes present to me? Or is this thing called God merely something that I that I project as I spend time with myself and that inner voice is actually with, with myself? And for people within any given religious tradition, it could be any of those. So two people can be standing within the same religious within the same can be standing on the same spot in the world in the same religious temple <laughs> looking at each other going i see god and god is very meaningful to me and my relationship with god is very important to me but the one person means by that i have a relationship with an idea of god and this relationship with an idea of god is silent to me and is absent to me and yet still extremely valuable to me another person will be going i have a relationship with with god and that relationship is through my religious institution and my text and i have faith in this god that i don't experience and i really believe in this god that i'm taught about through my through my religion and uh, and i really obey this god with what i do with my life and how i go about living my life and conducting my relationships and and, and my business and they go this god of mine is a tremendous important a primary importance to me and yet between those two there's a world of difference between them both can be said to have a spirituality the one can be said to 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 have a spirituality uh, in relation to the idea of God, but not necessarily a religion per se. And I think a lot of people that define themselves as spiritual but not religious fall into that, that first category. In the second case, a lot of religious people fall into that category where they're tremendously committed to God, whichever God they're committed to. They're tremendously committed to the cause of their, of their religion and to making other people religious in the way that they are. And yet even by doing that, they are basically getting people to relate to the, to, to the religion. And so here we have the whole thing of, of people relating to ideas or people relating to, to traditions and institutions of faith. And when they say they relate to God, they're not actually relating to a person or an underlying reality or anything beyond that. And in fact, they would both go, God speaks to me. And how does God speak to me? Well, God speaks to me through my inner voice. And God speaks to me when I go to church and I worship and I hear the sermon or I take communion or I, you know, or I chant and pray and I sing and I dance or whatever it is. In that context of doing those things, God is close to me and I'm close to, close to God. And I think a lot of religious people, a lot of spiritual people fit into those categories. But for me, the mystic and the mystic-to-be differs from them in that the mystic-to-be is someone who goes, this does not satisfy me. I recognize that my relationship is with an idea and that idea is not the reality of God. Or I recognize that my relationship is with my religion and my faith, but my relationship with my religion and my faith, no matter how much it is about God, is not a relationship with God. And the mystic-to-be is the person who catches a glimpse of the depth of the underlying reality, of the reality that lies beyond our worldview and the world that we've created to be and our religion and spirituality as we made it. And in catching a glimpse of that, they go, aha, there is a something more. I have I've been on the drive, I have I have heard its call and I've caught a glimpse of it. Now how do I go beyond that and have a relationship with it? being or this underlying reality because the underlying reality the underlying nature of reality and the cosmos is 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 impersonal and yet somewhere beyond that as well there is the personal 
and the relational as well, uh, a someone that we can call God. And so um, we are going to take time in a, in a series of podcasts to actually unpack this. But I, I just want to say, yeah, that the, that the difference between the person that has a spirituality alone and someone that has a religion alone and the mystic to be lies in this that the person that has a spirituality alone only has themselves and their own life experience as a point of reference and everything is centered in them and about them. The person that is religious alone centers everything in and through their religion and it's all about their religion and doing their religion. It's not necessarily about engaging the reality of God. Whereas the person that is the mystic to be understands that there's an inherent insufficiency to a spirituality alone. And there's an inherent insufficiency to a religion alone. And what they're looking to do is set aside the importance of both, or at least to frame the importance of any of those to them in relation to the reality of the transcendence. And it's the transcendent as lies as lying beyond the horizon of our worldview, beyond the horizon of the world that we live in or the way in which we live our world. It's the person that is willing to go to go through that 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 traveling, to travel to the ends of themselves, to travel to the end of their relationships, to travel to the end of our worldview, in order to actually go the reality of the who and what God is actually counts at the end of the day. The reality that maybe the reality of the transcendent as as impersonal is something I'm going to embrace and integrate into my life and allow to reshape my own personal worldview. And, you know, I'm going to hold on to that in one hand and it's going to deconstruct me and deconstruct my life. And on the other hand, there's the reality of the transcendent as personal, as self-revealing, as as engaging, as, as speaking, as looking at us and, and seeing us even as we look at at, at that personal transcendence, that too is going to deconstruct us. And in my other hand, I'm going to take that and say, let's hold on to that. What I'm engaging here and what I'm looking to do a few sessions on and speak about is exactly this thing of, of becoming a mystic and being an urban mystic. And not in the context of a, of a single religion per se, but in the context of being post-religious, in the context of going, although my family and my ethnicity and as I trace my lineage back, there's a, there's a history of, of religious belief and practice and institutions that people have been a part of. Um, in my day and age, we I don't want to be a part of any religion. And there's very good reasons not to be. And again, that's another thing we're going we're gonna to unpack in another podcast. So just by way of introduction, this is uh, where we are and where we're starting. Um, I am not going to apologize for the fact that this is a complex topic um, and instead I'm actually going to invite you to to engage to stretch yourself as you um, to stretch yourself as you listen to this as a podcast and to stretch yourself as you as you reflect through your own life on the who and what it is that you experience or who and what it is that you experience when you say that you experience God or don't experience God and um, and and I want to ask you to reflect with me even as I as I have because for my for myself at, at times in my life I have I have an idea that I'm relating to and the idea is not the reality and that idea can get in the way or it can be helpful I can have an idea of who my kids are I can have an idea of who my wife is and you know when we fight the ideas that I have are not good and they don't help me connect and they don't help the relationship move along 
And when we're getting on, the ideas are good. And those ideas can be tremendously helpful in, in, in helping those relationships uh, along. Um, and in the same way, if, I, if I'm holding to the idea of God as important, then I can have that idea of God stand in the way of me discovering who and what God really is. Um, in the same way, it can enable that. But whether it enables or disables, it must still be set aside to engage God as reality. And similarly, people who are religious, and I think during the, the world as we are now, where we, we're, we're living in a, COVID, in a world shaped by COVID-19, and we're going to have to get through it. But even afterwards, the nature of our religion is going to be different. Now, a lot of people are going online, and the, the church is going online, or at least the institution of the church is going online. And it feels like it's doing the same thing. It feels like it's doing what it needs to do. And what does it need to do? Well, it needs to live stream communion, or it needs to live stream the sermon, or live stream the, the, the worship. But um, but because it, it feels like that's really important. This is the key thing that you do when you practice your faith, is you do these things that the institution does. But the reality is, and and you, you see it as 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 people who are religious talk about that if people don't go to don't want to be a part of that oh well then they've got a problem with god if people want to leave that oh they must be leaving because they're hurt or they're broken you know or they or they're upset with the church or they're leaving because they're unhappy with what's here and they want to shop around for what's out there that's 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 not the case that's that's bs yes it is the case for people whose relationship with god is bound up with their relationship with their religion and whose filter for their relationship with god is stuck in that religion um and, and the reality is for a lot of people, if you took all those things away from them, they'd actually be lost and they wouldn't have a religion because they don't have that underlying bubble, that underlying worldview that generates the belief in God. They, they, they don't have that opportunity. And if you don't have that opportunity to go to church and you, oh, you know, love God in the worship, you don't go, or you don't have the opportunity to listen to the sermon and go, oh my goodness, I'm being, I'm being fed by God or, or being fed the word of God and this is so meaningful to my life or whatever. You've got to realize that no matter what people are doing, religions around the world are doing the same thing. You know, if I go to the Buddhist temple and I do some chanting with them and I listen to someone talking and I drink tea with them afterwards, I'm not experiencing enlightenment like the Buddha did. And if I go to church and I and I take part in worship and I and I'm worshiping a God that might be at the periphery and yes I, you know, may or may not be, and then I listen to someone's sermon and I go, oh, this guy's so bright and it's so wonderful and I love the way they're preaching that. This is a meeting about God in both cases. You know, I could go to the Hare Krishna temple and we could chant and we can dance. And again, I can listen to a reading and someone do a talk about how I'm supposed to be a better person and fit in. And then I can have a vegetarian meal with them. In each case, we're all doing the same thing. Um, and, and religion in that sense is doing the same thing because it, it, is, it, is, it is managing the teach. It's managing teaching. It's teaching people. It's telling people what they're supposed to believe. It's telling people how they're supposed to be able go about behaving and that's all there is to it. it it's not going beyond that to meet with god and so if i go to the buddha's temple i'm not going there to experience enlightenment and you know what the person teaching hasn't experienced it either they know about it based on what they learned and what they're interested in they may have had glimpses of it but that's not really where where we at if i go to a church and i listen to someone preaching yesterday 
they read the Bible a lot, they study theology and spirituality, they've been, they've been taught how to do church, but they're not necessarily experiencing God. And when I go to meet there and I unpack those dynamics, which I, which I will in an upcoming podcast, you see that the relational transactions between them do not include God as a self-revealing person becoming present within that community to speak and act. And when people collapse their experience of God completely into that, you know what, you can experience and collapse the meaning of God into any and all these things. And similarly, if I go to the Hare Krishna temple and I sing and dance and someone, you know, um, does their reading and does their sermon, we have the vegetarian meal, it's the same thing. Like there again, people go, the reality of God has collapsed into this and by meeting together with this, I've met together with God. And the reality is, again, we haven't. The interpersonal dynamics between people um, is is an interconnected reality and complex bundle but when you unpack it it's an individual with their spirituality in the context of a religion having um relating to each other about god and not necessarily connecting with god and so in my mind that's why it's very important that that (laughs) that we do live in a reality and the reality is the cosmos which which is bigger than than the world as we've created. Now within the world as we've created it, I can have ideas about how I drive, but when I get on the road, I've got to drive in the way that, that I drive. If I'm up in the middle of Africa and the roads are bad, or people um, drive like crazy hooligans without respecting robots and that, I, I, I have to drive like that to fit in. <laughs> but if there are no roads, I also have to drive in a particular way. If I get into a four by four and I go off road, I drive in a different way to what I drive when I'm at home in Johannesburg and I get in the car and I drive around. So in the same way, when it comes to religion, spirituality and mysticism, it it can be like driving where I go about doing similar things. My own spirituality is very similar, whether it's me, myself and I, me in the context of religion or me in the pursuit of the reality of who God is and, and, and wanting that. But the practices are going to play out differently depending on the context that I'm in. Um, so in that sense, so in that sense, it's it's challenging because we are dealing with the question of so what is the objective reality of the transcendent as personal and impersonal? What is the objective realities of this as a of an established religion that we are all co-contributing to? Um, and then beyond that, you know, what is what is the reality of 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 my practice as an individual? on my own in the context of religion or in the context of, 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 of mysticism. So, so, um, so yeah, so that's to, to start off with. Um, I don't think it's too heavy or, or, or too complex. It's certainly not too hard to unpack and, and, and to deal with um, because the simplicity of it is, is the simplicity of changing our expectation. And, and all our religious texts we could put on the shelf and go like they're bird spotting books. They give us some sense of what we can expect when we step beyond the confines of the bubble of the world that we live in to experience the reality of God. Um, but that's as far as they go. I, as an individual, am responsible for changing the boundaries of my behavior and experience in order to find the reality of God. And, and, and that's what the you and I have to do, and that's what I want to encourage us to do in becoming mystics. Thank you for spending your time with me.